Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Nick Pregnitz. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Today we are live uh, driving around in the Company 2.8 liter. It's been a minute since we've been in this truck, Nick. This is the longest running, uh, I think this is the truck we've had in the shop, in the in the business the longest. Like, it's been hanging on, man. <laughs> and, and also, probably not the favorite of almost anybody. I'll be honest, there's maybe one or two guys who like really are okay with this and then you and nobody else is interested i will have our viewers know that this i've put the most miles on this truck <laughs> so 40, 40 miles is a lot of miles for one of our trucks we bought new and you know just held on to for testing yeah um, so yeah it gets it gets driven all winter it really it, it, it really does it, and also like we catch you in the summer driving this thing back and forth and tell the audience <laughs> Now, it, it is, I will say, it is a very comfortable truck. Uh, if you're into like the smaller trucks or, you know, if you're coming over from like a small gas truck and you want to tow a little bit more, these things can be pretty practical. They're also great for commuters, guys who like, hey, I only have a small bass boat that I tow once in a great while. Yeah. I really just need to drive back and forth to work and I'd like a truck, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it fits in my driveway. It fits in every parking spot. It gets great fuel mileage and it's peppy. I mean, it's, it's not a hot rod, but does move yeah yeah uh this one specifically if i remember correctly tuned it in the parking lot of the dealership after purchasing it and then drove it home i've been known to do things like that. <laughs> i believe the story um but the reason it's on today is because for years now we've been looking at the potential upgrades for this vehicle right what can we get what can we do out of it? Our tuning is great. People love our tuning. It's one of our most popular platforms. Yep. Uh, we get excellent feedback around the engine and transmission tuning, the switch on the fly tuning, but there's a big OEM issue with turbochargers. Can you walk our viewers and listeners through kind of what are the issues with the stock turbo on these trucks? So first and foremost, the truck is power limited by the turbocharger. So as we tune the truck, you know, part of our calibration strategy is to use as much air as available in the factory turbocharger as we determine the output of the vehicle. Now, some trucks that we tune can be limited by the transmission or they can be limited by the fuel system. This truck specifically is limited by the turbocharger, so air availability. Not that big of a deal, right? I mean, maybe you want more power than the tune offers, maybe you don't, but the truck goes pretty good with a tune. Secondly, these trucks are prone to turbocharger failure, and what, what happens is they either get ice or oil in the compressor inlet and they have a very thin blade metal on the compressor wheel thinner than most other turbochargers that i've seen and that that uh, compressor wheel can fold over yeah it is crazy if you have not jump on and google failed 2.8 liter uh compressor wheels there's huge threads about it it's, it's a pretty well known issue within the community yeah. of 2.8 liter enthusiasts uh, but also just like, I think it's one of the things that draws a lot of guys into looking at what they can modify because even just stock guys who are maybe towing too heavy or like you said, in seems to be extreme cold conditions really seems to make a big impact on this as well. Yeah. Uh, where guys who are in extreme colds and the truck sits outside and it gets sub-zero freezing temperatures uh, and then they go and fire it up the next morning and drive it hard and all of a sudden complete failure. Uh, and it, it bends the fins, which I've, I've also never seen, I've seen them break. I've seen fins explode. Um, I, I've seen them get chewed up by debris. And that's almost yeah. what it looks like. It almost looks like somebody was like turning it on a lathe and just gently folding the ends just, of the wheel over. the corner of it, yeah. 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 And uh, you know, make no mistake, it starts there and then it gets worse. <laughs> and you know, once, a, once a blade bends, you go out of balance 
and uh, the bearings aren't long for this world after that. So they start to make noise, and then eventually, you know, if you leave it on the truck long enough, it will fail. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think some of the common symptoms that I, at least I read about, uh, are like a, a weird screeching noise. They usually don't describe it like the hiss or like a loud turbo whistle, um, although it probably, if you've never been around trucks, you may initially think, oh, this is just a turbo whistle all of a sudden. Likely not. If all of a sudden it got really loud or it got really defined, yeah. um, if it something's was wrong. From yesterday, it's probably <laughs> not right. Yeah. Uh, so once they fail, guys are out there and they're looking at what do I do now? We have been through quite a few videos talking about this exact issue. So we've done this before, uh, where we've talked about the 2.8 liter and developing a new turbo for it. But out of all of the chargers, I can think about the R and D that we've kind of been through on. This one presented some unique challenges. What were some of the problems that you ran into as you were developing the uh, DT44 Stealth Turbo? One of the biggest challenges we ran into in developing a turbocharger for this vehicle was getting the compressor and turbine at, matched to the engine configuration. So being a small engine that operates at low RPM, it is one of the most surge prone engine designs that we've worked with. And by surge prone, I mean that as you design a compressor wheel, it has to operate, it has to be able to operate at the you know, target operating range of the engine. Now, when we tune these things, we want high torque. So we want to be able to lug the engine at 13, 1400 RPM and have the turbocharger perform. When you do that on a 5.9 liter engine, you can start to push turbocharger towards surge. But when you do it on a 2.8, you're running even, you know, a much smaller engine. You're, you're moving less air, so even though you're running high boost numbers, you're, move, you're not moving a lot of air. And so the design of the compressor wheel has a lot to do with, you know, is the turbo going to surge? And if it does surge, well, that's a bad thing. We're, you know, that's gonna, that means a limited lifespan for the turbocharger, so we have to go back to the drawing board. So we've tested probably close to a dozen different compressor wheel designs to get the peak airflow that we want, but also have the ability to mitigate surge. Um, and then we've also tested many turbine designs, uh, vein configurations, flavors in that regard. Uh, you know, we changed the bearing design. Uh, so instead of using the journal bearing setup, we went to the ball bearing um, just because it, it, it's available. Um, and it's, a, it's a, you know, one of the configurations Garrett uses on the GT17. So uh, we figured, you know, if we're gonna start from a clean slate, let's use the best technology that's available, and that's the ball bearing. I like that, I like that. Now, is this uh, a variable vane turbo or a waste gated? This is a variable geometry turbocharger. It's a lot like the L5P, and then it has a really thin blade on the vane. Um, it's got a, a, a solid, an actuator that's mounted off the turbocharger. So okay. separate of the turbocharger is the actuator. We see very few failures on those actuators, so a pretty robust design on the actuator. And uh, yeah, yeah. With with variable vane too on this small of a charger, um, kind of walk me through that. How does how does that play into this? Is that one of those situations where, I mean, obviously I know we're going to get a turbine break out of that. Then, right? Is it wildly effective when the turbo's this small? Yeah. So. Variable geometry setup is nice because it improves the drivability of the truck. It does allow for turbine braking, which you can hear as we're slowing down here. Yeah. Um, but it, it also in, uh, 
makes that dimension of surge that much trickier to deal with because you have the ability to drive the turbine that much harder when the variable geometry <laughs> is working, you know, to improve drivability. So, right. I mean, it, this thing has a really impressive power band for the size of the engine. Well, and I think that's one of those things to remember too, is that, you know, in, in the larger trucks, we're also dealing with a lot larger of a turbocharger. So, so you have to have something that, you know, hey, can make whatever 700 horsepower up top and still be able to spool up at a thousand RPM or 1200 RPM, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas in with this, it's kind of all over the board because when you're cruising around and you're unloaded, it all, it feels like a diesel car. You, you know what I yeah. mean? There's nothing to it. But then you, you take a situation like now where we have what a 5,000, 6,000 pound Jeep on a trailer behind us, uh, the truck feels a lot different. It has to operate a lot differently. Yeah, I mean, if you think about turbo design for a, a Volkswagen, for instance, right? I mean, you're always, you can always count on the load being the same. But in this scenario, we can run either a 5,000 pound truck or we can be in a GBW of 12, 13,000 pounds. Volkswagen, you never have that, right? Like, <laughs> And so you never have the potential to push the, the car into surge like that. So so you do have something where you need, like you said, a really dynamic, a really versatile turbo, and then you ran into these issues while while setting it up, that surge. When does that come up the most? When are you, when are you most likely to run into surging issues? You're most likely to run into surging issues at GVW in the race tune. Okay. So when you're at low RPM and you're just kind of lugging along in fifth and sixth gear, that's when you get surged the most. Um, altitude makes it worse, so high altitude is gonna be more prone to surge. Excessive heat, you know, environmental conditions, so if, if you don't have air available, it's gonna make the surge worse. But really, the time that you see it is with the trailer behind the truck and with the tune on the truck. Basically, exactly in the conditions we're in right now. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh good, because we haven't really been romping on it and using the top end of this turbo. We've really kind of just been slowly pulling this trailer along and putting this like long extended load on everything. Uh, how are EGTs with something like this? Because I know that's one of the number one concerns, uh, especially for 2.8 liter owners who generally tend to be very technical and data driven. Um, what does that look like? Is this something that, that people can expect to see about the same as stock EGTs or should they be thinking, hey, more power, more heat? So with any, with any turbocharger change, you're gonna have a little bit of a trade-off and what that usually looks like is a little bit higher EGT at low load and a cooler EGT at higher load. So we're adding airflow up top. So anytime you're under heavy load, you have more air available uh, where the factory turbocharger kind of limited right around that 27, 28 pounds of boost range on a bigger tune. Uh, this turbocharger, we're gonna push to about 32, 33 pounds of boost. Okay. Sea level. So we have more air available. Anytime you have more air available, your EGTs are gonna come down. That's a, it, it, that does, and that's a significant increase as we're talking about peak boost here, because that, that that's another one of those where like guys love to know that number, right? Yeah. How much boost can I make with it? Um, what's that translate into power? Have we seen a, a, a significant peak power increase? I know this was the limiting factor to begin with. Yeah, so you know, on the, on the stock turbocharger, stock tune, call it 182 horsepower. Uh, with our tune on the vehicle, we add about 50, 50 to 55 horsepower. And then if you add the turbocharger on top of that, that extra air availability is gonna add about another 30 to 40 horsepower, depending on what air fuel ratio limit and how hard you push the turbocharger. That's getting it. I mean, if you could throw 80 horsepower at your truck with a tune and a turbo and you started yeah. at 180, I mean, that's it's another 10 or 15% more airflow. Which right. Is, which is impressive, yeah. 
and seeing that translate in, into power. Um, how's the rest of the truck been? I mean, is this something like, oh man, you're going to put the turbo on and then, you know, hey, it's an LV7. In three months, we're going to be talking about a transmission. That's a good question. So uh, interesting anecdote. We did run a separate engineering project where we ran a 300, uh, 300 plus rear wheel horsepower setup on this truck for about 20,000 miles. Just for peace of mind, I took the transmission out of the truck after that test and had our tech go through it, and it was clean and fresh. There was literally no evidence of any wear whatsoever. Um, so we know that the trans is solid at that power level, and then, you know, we're not at that power level with this turbocharger. We're about 20 or 30 horsepower behind that. So right. we're about 275 rear wheel, the way the truck is set up right now, 550 foot-pounds to the tire, which is probably the limit of the connecting rods, so I don't want to really push the thing any harder than that. Um, like you said, I, it is my favorite truck to drive, <laughs> so I don't want to down it. Well, well, it's interesting, too, because we've seen some other guys play with the turbos on these trucks. Uh, I think we all followed along when there was a big twin kit getting thrown on a, on one of these. Yeah. And it, it was not long for this world. I, I mean, it's just connecting rods were like the known weak link at that point, or at least made to be the culprit of all things evil about the 2.8 liter. Um, whereas and you say like, hey, we're, we're, we're near that already. Right, like like yeah. you've you've tested up to that limit, but maybe not in a twin kit, maybe in a single setup. Uh, how's that play a, a difference in in the role there? Like how how is that? I think you got to real you got to look take a step back and look at the whole perspective. I mean, certainly compound turbochargers are amazing and they perform amazingly, um, but it is a lot of stuff under the hood. It's a lot of extra flanges and connections and places to lose heat for the exhaust system, and really it makes the truck harder to tune and capable of making power that can ultimately kill itself. So, you know, you have to have a calibrator who's cognizant of that. Um, this turbocharger basically allows you to maintain all factory functions of the truck. The truck drives just like stock, tows like stock, but better, is able to make between 10 and 15% more horsepower than tune only really with no trade-offs so that's our that's our market you know what i mean like this isn't a race turbocharger right this is an upgrade that has benefits and very little compromise i like the idea that it's going to work for like an everyday diesel guy right like yeah. hey I, I use my truck every day like you said too it's like i don't want to down it i, I right. if i have a problem i want to fix it and i want to fix it to my best possible capabilities yep um the emissions equipment. I think that's always played in a role in the conversation about should I upgrade my turbocharger. You said it'll work with, with a truck that's otherwise all stock. So if they really are an all stock truck and they want to take off the, the factory turbocharger, maybe it failed, maybe they're just done with it and they want to tow better. Yeah. Is tuning required? I, I know deletes aren't required. I, this one is all emissions equipped yeah. that we're driving now. Um, there, there's what's necessary? The, so the design... Uh, Part of the design constraint of this turbocharger is to be CARB certified, or CARB, get a CARB-EO. Yeah. So in order to do that, we have to be able to put the turbocharger on the truck and have the same or better emissions than a factory turbocharger with the factory tune, which means that the tune has to drive really well. The stock tune with this turbocharger has to drive really well. That's part of the design constraint. Gotcha. So as we as we test this thing, really the first tune we run is the factory cal. Like it doesn't work <laughs> with the factory cal. It's like it's it, game it's over. Back to the drawing board. Yep. So right. It, if you have a tur turbocharger failure on your 2.8 liter and you're thinking, hey, like I just want a turbo that's better than stock, this is this is an option for you. Right. This is a strong option <laughs> for you in that case. Yes. We kind of built this specifically yeah, for you. Like, not to give you the hard be. sell, but you should buy this. 
I like that. Um, okay, so it, it's not going to be for, for hardcore 2.8 liter racers, both of you out there in the world. Um, <laughs> I, I think, well, because this is, this is that like practical diesel truck. This is what you buy when, when again, when you know you're going to need it every day, you're going to rely on it. Um, and dialing that in and having that turbocharger that's going to work for them, I think that's something that's really important to me. What about like reliability? Um, I know we had said the factory has some of these these failure-prone compressor wheels. We had to, to do a lot of testing to find one that wasn't surge-prone. What what do you do to strengthen it? Because it's such a small wheel. Don't the fins have to be that factory thinness? The fins do not have to be that factory thinness. Why exactly the factory decided to use that thinness of the compressor wheel, I'm sure they have their own reasons. In our testing, I have not found it necessary. Um, I can tell you that I haven't had any of our fins fold over. Not that they would have. I don't know that they encountered ice or anything like that. But I can tell you that the thickness of these blades is the same thickness as the blades that we use on our LB7, LLY, LML. The hundreds or thousands of other turbochargers we <laughs> right, use, right? And okay. I've, I've never seen one come back folded from ice. <laughs> so I can, I can tell you with a reasonable authority that that will not happen again. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so so this is something that, that you could put in, you could drive it every day, you could really enjoy it. Hey, you're going to get some benefit out of it if you want to push it harder. It's, it's going to be there for you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right, guys, well... Um, I don't think I have too many more questions. Was there anything that I forgot to ask you about that you think people would want to know about this turbo? I think it's important to note that the factory exhaust brake still works. It works great. So we've been using it towing. Um, it's it's nice. Um, the response, so the spool up time, the response, like a lot of people will tell you that a turbo drives like stock. We have the gross, we have the max re maximum recommended towing weight behind the truck right now. And like, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that it didn't tow well. It, just, it tows really, really well. It, it doesn't require a transmission tune in order to pull well. It can lug. And overall, it's just... What more do you ask for from, from an upgrade <laughs> turbo? I, I like that. I think that's going to be one of those um, where, where you don't necessarily have to be like a hardcore ultimate call-out challenge. I, I travel to the shows type of guy to see the benefits of this turbo, right? right? right. This, this is gonna work for you even if this is your first diesel truck and you are just looking for a little bit more out of, your, out of it. Absolutely, yep. Awesome. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for today. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Nick Pregnitz. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, Justin, GoPro mount failed. God damn it, Justin. I blame you for this, right? <laughs>